Hey, this is Del Rios, a.k.a. Spellbinder, a.k.a. Fantasio. You're listening to Live and In Color with Wolfie D. Keep listening or else. <laughs> hey, this is Jimmy Street, host of the Live and In Color with Wolfie D podcast. Hear the life and times of professional wrestler Wolfie D. From his time in the territories with PG-13 to his time in WWE, ECW, WCW, TNA, and more. Nothing is off limits and nothing will be held back. Thanks again for tuning in. Here he is, Wolfie D. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome one more time to the Live and in Color with Wolfie D podcast. And today, well, we have a special broadcast here. This one is backed by popular demand. To be honest, you know, a little peek behind the curtain, the Ask Wolfie episode is on par to be our number one episode of all time. I know Wolfie doesn't want to believe that, being a humble guy, (laughs) but it truly is. It's beating Jerry the King. You know, we'll see how Al Snow does. We have some great guests. I mean, honestly, our guest list has been a great run of people that could, you know, sell out any house in any town. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, to know that your episode is number one, that has to feel good, right? That does feel good. I mean, it's it's interesting to know that people want to ask me questions and it's, uh, you know, enough to listen to my answers to just see what I have to say, I guess. You know, yeah, I would think that people would rather hear Jerry Lawler talk uh, about stuff than me, but hey, it's called Livening in Color with Wolfie D and not Livening in Color with the King. Exactly. That's what I was just about to say. So leading into that, this is the Ask Wolfie D Anything Part 2. So we've got some great questions here. We've got some fun for you. So just sit back, relax, crack a cold one, whatever you like, and enjoy this episode. So we're going to start off with a question from Facebook. His name is Johnny, and he asks a big one. Now, this one, kind of getting to know you a little better over the time we've been doing this show. I know you've got a million of these, but he is saying, ask a story from the road that you've never told anyone and you can feel free to omit names. So if you need to make some names different. To... <laughs> well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. If it's a story that I've never told anyone, I am damn sure not going to tell it on here because that would mean <laughs> that I'm part of the story if I fucking know it. <laughs> so why don't we pick a good road story? Yeah. Man, there's so many crazy road stories, man. Uh, I believe I already told the the wreck story. That was yes, a, a oh my god, one. epic. And we epic. Went, went through the Puerto Rico story, um, right? I mean, and honestly, man, and it was, uh, there's just so many that I I probably could tell. And this is just shooting from the hip right now with the things that came out with Ric Flair, Tommy Dreamer, things like that. Man, there's there's a there's a whole different culture back in those days, and there's things right. that that I've done that I'm not proud of, and and sure. you know, now obviously would not be the time to t- and, and a lot of the stuff that that goes that went on, you know, has a lot to do with just crazy frat boy shit like that, and you know, you know, not to, right. maybe not to the extent of uh, accusations of rape, but right. it's still crazy right. shit like that, man. That you know, uh, of course, of course. And, and, and off the top of my head, I'm sure there's some, some less more PG 13 rated stuff. 
but just off the top of my head, there's been every day of my life was a crazy story. <laughs> so yeah, just that's a hard one, man. Something that I could tell that uh, you know. How about it's, it's something? Is there one that you haven't told another podcast? Maybe or maybe I think I'm reading between the lines because I think he was asking something a little bit lighter than the way he put it. <laughs> To never have told anyone is pretty crazy stuff. I can get that. <laughs> yeah. There's stuff yeah. I would never tell, you know, so. Yeah. Okay. Here's one I just thought of. And I'll, okay. There's a thing um, in wrestling. Um, it's called Wrestler's Court. Um, oh, it's yeah. been around for years. And basically what it is, if two guys have an issue or something like that, uh, someone acts as the judge and then you have your prosecutors and you have your uh defendant and you're you know just like in a courtroom yeah so yeah. there was a time uh that i went home with a girl um and again i'm, I'm gonna omit names obviously and locations sure. <laughs> so this person was a little bit a part of uh the business somewhat sure so I went home with her, and uh, <laughs> can I put this? Uh, some things happened, probably not as much as you would think, but some sure. things happened. Well, come to find out, another one of the boys was in love with this person. Oh, and took real offense to it. it was like was writing her love letters and things of that nature when I just kind of went home with her. Okay. So this particular person took, um, uh, took offense to that. And it was a big to do. It was no altercation between me and him, but word got around, word got around that, you know, Wolfie went home with this girl and so-and-so is in love with her and he's writing her letters and yada, yada. And, uh, so we had to have court over it. And I can say this, Jerry Lawler was the, was the judge. Okay. And, uh, so the, the, <laughs> the thing of it was did or did not this young lady <laughs> hold, hold anything close to, <laughs> Did she hold Wolfie close, basically? Something like that. Sure. I'll just feed you it. So, uh, and we had court over that. And I don't remember the outcome of it, but it's funny because stuff like that really doesn't go on anymore. So that, that, right. was, that was a pretty good story. And, and it would be better if I could give you details and stuff. But just off the yeah. top of my head, that's, that's about the best I could give you. <laughs> no, that's awesome because I, I want to hear about wrestling court stories all the time. I mean, it's like this <laughs> mythical thing that we hear yeah. about that that we imagine Jerry the King Lawler in a Judge Wapner robe, you know, walking out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, court, yeah. Dun, 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 you know, I so, can't remember who, who was uh, defending me and who was prosecuting. I can't remember that part of it, but it was – if I could remember it, I could make it probably a lot better. But that's awesome, though. But do you remember? Now we've heard from other people that you know people had to give like the Undertaker a fifth of Jack. Do you remember if you had to buy your way out of it or anything like no, that? No, because I, I, I don't remember the outcome of they. I, I think I was found guilty, but. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
because I mean, they <laughs> everybody knew I did go home with her. But at the same time, it was kind of a rib on the other guy because he was writing love letters to right, basically, you know, a rat. So yeah, so all this was made public. That's hilarious. I'm sorry. That's awesome. Okay, <laughs> that is actually perfect. That's a group. That's the exact story I think Johnny wanted to. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. We're going to talk wrestlers court later on, so just keep remembering those stories, by the way. Anyway, on a later episode, not today. So. Right. All right, so at MC Mitchell, this is Mason on Instagram. Now, this one, I know you better knowing this, and I think I know your answer, but I'm going to let you say it because you may surprise me here. But he asked a wrestler that you thought would have made it but just could not somehow break through the big time. Meaning, never could break that glass ceiling, that brass ring type thing. Is there someone that comes to mind? Maybe uh, Man, um, there's a there's a whole group of guys like that, man, that absolutely have the talent or have had the talent. Because what uh, what I'm picturing here, I think this is the question. Basically independent guys that never got to, you know, work in one of the, the bigger companies. Right. So there's a, there's a long list of guys that were fucking talented, man, that, uh, that couldn't make it to the big time. And I mean, and, and, and I know usually the reasons why, you know, it, it was sure. either, uh, you know, some guys are great, great wrestlers technically and, and great in the ring and all that. But they they can't say shit with a mouthful of it, you know. Meaning they can't talk on the mic, or right. uh, just they don't have that that it factor sometimes. And right. I, I can't say anybody specifically that would come to mind that I just thought, holy shit, this this dude has not made it yet. I yeah. I don't know. I just know there's a whole lot of that really, because yeah, okay. I mean the wrestling business and the entertainment business in general is about being in the right place at the right time. They need right. that that person, you, you fit the bill. And I, I always heard this too, you ain't going to get your break till somebody you know is in the office, and which is pretty yeah. much true. Uh, right. A little bit less nowadays because they do kind of look for talent in other places and there's, you know, different sorts of people looking. It's not just, you know, you're the guys in the business because the guys booking ain't necessarily – wrestlers and former wrestlers and all that stuff so a little bit different there but uh, there's a, there's a whole lot of that man and like i said I, you asked me about somebody and, and i'm not going to say the name but super talented in the ring super strong yeah. does crazy moves and i right. said it could be something of his behind the scene behavior or actually saw something on that person you were talking about uh, right. uh a move and to me, the reason why, especially New York wouldn't use him, is because he's too dangerous. And some of those dudes are not going to take those fucking moves from him. Right, right. So, and they can't train it safely. So here's what I thought you were going to say, because in the past I've heard you say this before. Yeah. I was too yeah. busy paying attention to my own career to worry about somebody else's. That's what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> well, so I mean, that's true. That's true. Um, <laughs> I didn't really, yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that is true, but I, I just in giving a general right. thing, I, I just can't say. It. Well, you know what? Actually, because I just walked by my uh, display of my WWE Universe uh, Encyclopedia, and on the yeah. same page as us, because I have it on the display, 
and it's open to my page. And right next to me is Spellbinder on that page. Okay. That was somebody that he had the body. I loved, loved the Spellbinder gimmick. Yeah. It might not have been everybody's thing, but man, I thought that was cool. And if they would have helped him a little more, because he wasn't, when he first started, he was not that good. But right. with some help, they've made, they've made people worse than him a lot better. It's just they didn't take the time with him for some reason. I, I don't know why that was. And he's a, he's right. a good friend of mine. Uh, right. But now that could be one where I'd say, yeah, man, that I don't know why that didn't fly, you know? That makes sense, you know? I love that name, Spellbinder, dude. It's, yeah. It's yeah. Such, you know, down to the name, it was a cool name. Okay, that's the perfect example there. That's it. So, okay, thank you, Mason, for the question. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey folks, to get your official Live It In Color with Wolfie D merchandise, go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Live Wolfie D. Check it out. If you're listening to Live It In Color with Wolfie D on Apple Podcast and like what you're hearing, go ahead and leave a five-star rating. And while you're at it, write a review. Tell us what you liked. Tell us what you'd like to hear in the future. It's very important to us and always appreciated. Thanks again. On to the next one here. So this is Sean from Facebook. And so he wrote a question, and this one is actually a good one because I have an opinion of somebody I would have liked to have seen. But the team you would have liked to have wrestled but never got the chance, whether time or whether wrong era, now, he says that he would have liked to have seen you guys against the current Ring of Honor team called the Briscoes, which uh-huh. are two brothers. Now, they're not the, you know, Jack and Jerry Briscoe. They're the newer. I've, I've, and, I've met them, uh, but I, I've, I've never seen them work. Uh, but yeah. to answer the question, uh, I would say the Midnight Express. And, and the reason yeah. I say that would be, you think of the matches that, that Ricky and Robert had with them. And I right. think me and Jamie were kind of, and just like when we did the angle, it was, we called it the, you know, they build it as a team of the eighties versus a team of the nineties. We would right. we could have been in that spot and, and worked with them just as well. And, you know, I think that would have been awesome for me yeah. personally. And I think they would have been great matches and the styles, you know, similar, you know, that would have been one. Oh, yeah, the hubcap versus the tennis rack. I mean, the Midnight Express was actually the exact team I was thinking of. That's uncanny that you said that. Also, for some reason, I think you guys would have worked well possibly with the British Bulldogs, too. I don't know. You guys were a little more scrappy, you know. Possibility. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's all about chemistry, you know. Yeah, and I'm thinking style, too. You figure, you know, me and Jamie did go a number of places, but we're more of a Southern-style team. They had more of a Southern-style, you know, Right, um, right. The Carolinas, Carolinas being amazing stuff. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, but, but there's a lot of teams that we 
we didn't get to work or not not got to work in the way I wanted to. I've talked about that a couple of times that still could have right. been good. Uh, right. Our matches with the Eliminators were good, could have been better, especially when we worked them in ECW. Um, in Memphis, they were really green, and it was it, they were still good, but when we went to ECW and worked them with us being the heels, that match was really, really, really good, better than any of the ones we had where we were the baby faces. So there could, there's yeah. just, it's chemistry, and it's also, like I said, I think that me and Jamie, sometimes against some teams, we would be a better babyface team, but against other teams, we would be the better heel team. So totally, totally. That goes to show how versatile you guys were, though. That's the beauty of that. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, I think Sean got his answer there. I think the coolness would be you guys whooping the tar out of the Briscoes. That would be fun to see. But you know, <laughs> those guys. What I think those guys would have been on par with you guys was on their skills on the microphone. Yeah. Um, I think y'all four would have been that way. But again, that that'll be a current affairs later on down the line. So, okay. <laughs> so this guy is possibly. My, I would say my vote for the number one live and in color with Wolfie D podcast fans, Tim Fox, strong man storytelling on Instagram. This guy, uh-huh. he likes everything. He comments. He's always active. If we had a cool. number one fan, I would give it to Tim Fox. So with that being cool. said, he has two questions, kind of similar right. to the last one. His first question is favorite wrestler that you worked in a singles style. Now, this can even go on to your later era career. Okay. Yeah, favorite wrestler in a single. Okay. Uh, with that being said, majority of my career has been a tag team wrestler, whether it was PG-13, Disciples of the New Church. Um, um, me and Flash Flanagan did something for a little bit. Also, uh, the Hounds of Hell for TCW. I've always been a tag team guy. Of course, I've had singles matches. Um, right. Most right. of that stuff, though, is independent stuff. So on a on a bigger stage, like I've never worked, uh, well, I worked TNA a couple times uh, by myself. Uh, but like I worked New Jack and TNA, and we had a good match. But to say like a match that really stands out in my head. And I may have talked about this when we went through the beginning stuff. Uh, X-Pac, when he was one, two, three kid, uh, yeah. came into Memphis and I, they wanted me to work him. And, you know, we were heels then. And me and him, this is one match that I would give anything if it was on tape. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was a, it was a huge house uh, at the Coliseum. Um uh, Kurt Henning and Lawler on top. And I think me and kid went out like third, but we tore that fucking house down. I mean, we were, we were all over the place and fucking, we were getting the, that, that Memphis sound that I told you about when Lawler punches people, woo, woo, they yeah. were doing that shit yeah. for us, you know? Yeah. And we, we tore it the fuck down, man. And that, that's just a memorable match. I only worked them one time, but it was a right. memorable match. Now, to the next, and, and also after that match, uh, Kurt Henning, who's one of my heroes as a kid, he came to me and said, hella bumps, kid, hella bumps. And that, coming from him, who made his career doing that shit, yeah. he's like, whoa, fuck yeah, man. Right. So that's why right. that sticks out in my head. But now, if we're talking about favorite person, like, I never really had any singles angles 
like me and Bill Dundee is probably the uh, the most single, like as far as a TV thing. I'm not talking about independent. I'm talking about on a level where right. you're on TV and doing that angle. Bill Dundee was the probably only person I think that I've had um, a singles angle with that I can think of. Yeah. So singles, singles is, <laughs> I mean, I've had some good matches with a lot of people. I feel like I can work with anybody, but as far sure. as sticking out in my head and you say like your favorite person to work, man, that, again, that's just a tough one, man. Uh, but yeah. those, those stick out. So, yeah, you know, and I've heard Ricky Morton say in past interviews that, you know, you know, who was the best guy you ever wrestled? And he's like saying, well, we were all good. You know, yeah. if you weren't yeah. good, you weren't there. You know, you and you know what? Having said that, um, Danny Davis, when I, when I first started wrestling, uh, I wrestled him just about every night. Yeah. And not only were they great matches because of Danny, but also because I was a good listener and I was learning all at the same time. But right. I mean, I could probably put him up there with a favorite people to have wrestled because we did wrestle all the time and it was an yeah. angle, even though it was some tag team stuff with uh, him and Ken Wayne, it was a lot of just me and Danny. I jokingly say that I was the first OVW student because Danny taught me so much. And at the end of our feud or whatever, it, you know, he called me into the dressing room in the gardens one night and, he said, uh, kids, I have really enjoyed working with you. And it fucking almost brought tears to my eyes. I was 19 years old. and You know, I knew yeah. he meant it or he wouldn't have said it. So right. Danny Davis is up there, too. That's awesome. That's, a, that's awesome. I would love to see all those matches. So, okay, Tim's next question. And this one, I'm assuming this is a single as well because he, he specifically asked it after the favorite wrestler to work in a single so let's go with number two is who would you have loved to have had a long feud with, but never got the opportunity in a single, let's just say, um, cause we kind of said the midnight thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, in singles, I mean, I'd love to have had a feud with Lawler, obviously being in oh, yeah. Memphis guy, uh, oh, that yeah. would have been fun. I mean, not, I mean, I've worked him a number of times, but, um, but not in a feud type thing. We did, uh, like a, I think a one or two week angle with me and him when I was a uh, cyberpunk. Uh, I think I beat him for the heavyweight title and held it for like fucking two days. <laughs> and he got right. it back, but uh, yeah. And he was supposed to have unmasked me, and we did the double mask gimmick for when they took off the first one. I had another one, and blah blah blah. But <laughs> you know, and of wrestlers past, obviously, God, I would have given anything to even worked Randy Savage one time. Uh, right. But right. you know. And then, like, say, as Slash being the heel, I'd love to have worked a babyface like fucking Ricky Steamboat or something like that, you know? Oh, yeah, totally. Totally. You know, that's, that's a, I think that's a perfect answer. Okay, so this one's going to be fun. We're stepping away from wrestling here. Now, this one is from at James Rock Street, <laughs> your humble host, Jimmy Street yeah. from Charlotte. <laughs> now, you and I are both huge Titan fans. Titan up. You yeah, know. yeah, baby. Tell me, who was your favorite team before the Titans came to Tennessee? I'll be straight with you, man. I was not really a football fan until the Tennessee Titans came to Nashville. Okay. I mean, okay. I, I played a little football, junior pop league, but right. my stepdad tried to get me into it. I was more into baseball and basketball, uh, yeah. and then I wrestled in high school. So I just wasn't really into football for whatever reason. I wish I would have been, looking back. I really wish I right. would have been. I think I would have been good at it. But 
yeah. I just wasn't injured, yeah. man. But then the Titans got there, and I'm a footballaholic now and a diehard Titans fan, you know. That's an awesome story, man. <laughs> Doug Gilbert would tell you, uh, this is obviously back before the Titans came to Nashville uh, early in my career. And I think Doug asked me, we were going down the road or something, uh, talking about it. They were talking about football, and uh, he said, Wolfie, who's your favorite team? And I said, kind of that same answer. I said, I really don't have one. I said, I think the Bengals got pretty uniforms. <laughs> he, fucking, he fucking ribbed me for that to, for you. Probably still would if he thought about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Bengals Wolfie do have said, cool uniforms. Wolfie said yeah. they got pretty uniforms. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I can hear him saying that. I can hear him yeah. saying that. Yeah. He told me, I asked a question to a wrestler one time he was talking to, and I'm not pushing Doug out. He was hilarious to me. when I yeah. And I, I said something to a, a pretty famous wrestler, and I said, man, I thought your theme song was awesome back in the day. And Doug looked at me deadpan, and he was like, well, that's about a mark. <laughs> that's and I just stepped away. I was like, yeah, you're right, man. I can't say nothing to that. Anyway, I mean, this dude has grown up in the industry, lived, breathed, you know, lost family members in this industry. Yeah. And I'm coming to, to get in his conversation to talk about an old entrance song. I get it. You know, right. what am I What am yeah. I talking, you know? Exactly. Okay, so my second question is favorite Titan player now? And then favorite Titan all time. Uh, right now, without a doubt, is Derrick Henry, and I think he will end up being my all time favorite. That dude is a beast. I mean, a beast. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's, he's on pace to set all kinds of records. Obviously, probably, I mean, if he stays healthy, he's Hall of Fame, no doubt. I mean, it's, totally. it's incredible. I was watching a thing the other day um, where they showed it was like it was one of the Colts. I think number fifty three. I can't remember what his name is. But he's a big dude. And Henry hit this dude, and this was the last time they played him. And I didn't notice it at the time, but on the replay, he hits this dude in the chest. He's coming to tackle him, and Henry lowers that shoulder. And this, like I said, this ain't a small dude, man. He's, uh, I think he's a linebacker. And he fucking knocked that dude from – he knocked him nine yards. They, they measured it. He knocked him nine yards backwards uh, onto yeah. his back. I mean, yeah. good God, dude. And of course, we yeah. all know the stiff one. But right. now, as far as the past, uh, it's Steve McNair. I loved Steve McNair. McNair. Oh, yeah. He was a, he was a, a badass man. You know, wouldn't practice all week because he was hurt. Go out there with half his body taped up and just, I mean, we look at Lamar Jackson, you know, avoiding tacklers and things like that. Steve McNair would just shake them motherfuckers off, man. He would right. He, I mean, Steve McNair would throw three hundred pound linemen down and shit. I'm like, yeah. this dude's bad, man. <laughs> yeah, I know, and it's so sad the way he went out. He was like a giant yeah. oak tree standing in the yeah. pocket, man. I mean, he yeah, was like, "Come hit me, come hit me, yeah. let's do it." Yeah, that's yeah. great. I think Steve's probably my all-time favorite, too. Obviously, Derrick Henry, if you're a Titans fan, it's hard not to be a huge Derrick Henry fan. So yeah. we are in agreement there. Okay, cool. Enough about Titans for just a second here. So this is another question from Twitter. His name's Jeremy. For some reason, I did not write down his at, but he'll get over it, I guess. If you <laughs> could have lived... Now, I'm going to pretend this is pertaining to the best opportunity for you in wrestling, because yeah. other than that, it doesn't really make sense. So if you could have lived anywhere in the world, where would it have been? Like, I know you're a Tennessee boy. You loved Memphis growing up. What would... Uh, I mean, that was... 
I don't know that I would have done anything different as far as that goes. Cause like you just said, and we've talked about it, that's what I grew up on. And that's what meant so much to me when I watched it. I, I mean, thinking of all the other territories, I mean, I've seen, all, I don't know that I would have liked anything better, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and if he's just talking about where would I want to live in general? Um, I mean, I, I really liked living uh, in central Florida. It's the, the weather's awesome. The, the women are beautiful and just a nice place <laughs> to be. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, that's, that's There's a, a lot great... of the boys down there too. There's a lot of the boys. Right. Down there. Right. Right. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, dude, you're in Florida. There's so much opportunity for a wrestler as well, you know? Yeah. So it, yeah, that could have been, you know, as far as the first part of that question, if not, you know, being a Tennessee boy, maybe a Florida boy, you know what I mean? Cause there's good sure. shit going on down there too. Yeah. That makes total sense. Okay, cool. So Cold Dog on Instagram, at Cold Dog, asked something about lump payment for WrestleMania 13. What was it? I mean, you don't have to say how much, dude. But oh, I'll be glad to, because uh, yeah. I, I, know, I know that Jamie has talked about it publicly. And yeah. the reason for it was um, the, the way that, because right after WrestleMania, that was Sunday night. On Monday yeah. night is when uh, the shit went down with the Road Warriors where, you know, we walked out, talked to Hawk and Animal, told them, look, we know why they're doing this because it was, some, uh, I don't, I, I think this would be, this story should be saved for a different episode. But long story short is we were going to, we were getting fired that night and we knew why they yeah. were doing it. And they, right. they were jobbing us out to them, in which everybody's jobbed out to the Road Warriors. I mean, I didn't give right. a fuck about exactly. that. Those are my right. guys, but it was the reasoning behind it, and that's why we walked out. And uh, right. Sean Michaels and Jim Ross, we had our you know bag sticks and put them in the car. We had our shit on already. You know, we were dressed ready to go, but then we was like, fuck it. And they came running out, and so basically talked us in to coming back and doing it. So, I mean, obviously we did do it. Um, Sean got us paid for uh, – he got us paid $2,000, basically, to sum it up. I don't want to break down exactly what the payments were and how all that worked out. But So basically, come back and do this for $2,000 and plus the, the money for WrestleMania. So $2,500 is basically what we got paid. Let me think here. Because they, they, when they sent us our WrestleMania check, it was, uh, it was either $700 or it was either five or seven hundred dollars total, which is a complete oh, fuck job. God. But that's because, yeah. they, that's because they fired us. But if you think about it, see what Sean did was, even though we were getting fired that Monday, we still got paid for that. Right. Plus, we sat at home. He said, "I'll make sure you get another two thousand dollars." Okay. So, yeah. however you want to add that together, to me, those two nights together plus that two thousand dollars. So, however you want to add that up. Okay. Yeah. And so Sean Michaels did that because, you know, he wasn't always the guy that said uh, the boys always thought, hey, this guy doesn't really care about us. That's amazing. Yeah. You know, that's a, and I'm not that's sure a, why. I mean, me and Sean, I mean, I'd hung out with him a little bit because because of Road Dog. Um, we were right. friends. And so I hung out with him. Yeah. Me and Sean actually almost really came to blows one night in a hotel room. That's another story for another time. But yes, it for is. some reason that, <laughs> that, that night he uh, he came out there, him and Jim, and uh, like I said, he took care of us. He, we basically got to sit at home, you know, because we were going to be sitting at home, getting fired like that for a minute. So 
here, go sit at home for this extra $2,000 plus your payoff tonight. You know, yeah. And then the bullshit WrestleMania payoff. So how, how are you going to break that down? Like when Jamie tells the story, he's like, they fucked us. They only paid us 500 bucks. He's forgetting right. that he got paid that extra $2,000 plus the money that night. Right. Yeah. Well, that's, I think that answers that question. So, okay, cool. Now we've got a John from Tullahoma. He's asking a question. So a time in a match that things went totally wrong. I mean, honestly, like, thought it was going to be over because of you were just going to go home because it was horrible. But then how you fixed it or if you weren't able to? Is there a time? I mean, there's, again, that's a, there's things that happen sometimes, and I usually can fix it. Um, okay. And then hopefully okay. the person I'm working with is good enough to help me fix it. And, you know, nobody sure. ever knows that it went wrong. Um, right. So, there, I mean, there's been times where, I mean, on that, I, sometime I'd like to do, I was thinking about this today, on this, if we could do the, the video thing where we can do a, a, you know, watch a match and let me talk through it and everything. Oh, totally. But on, yeah. on, the, uh, on the Texas death match, and I may have already said this, but on the Texas death match with rock and roll that's on YouTube, uh, Lawler was late. Buddy was never supposed to make it into the ring. So all of us obviously knew what we were doing and were able to cover it up. Buddy did some stuff, got back out, and then Law, his Buddy started to climb in again. Lawler made it, and nobody ever knew the difference but us. But at the time, it was like, "Fuck, where's Lawler? Where the fuck is Lawler?" So yeah, I mean, you just yeah. gotta you gotta hope you got somebody that can fix it. I mean, if if you're working somebody that's that fucking bad, where you I mean, you just can't do nothing with them. They don't need to be in the ring, and you just need to shoot pen them. <laughs> I mean, it's right. real. Right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's times where there's an injury or something, and you, you, I mean, I've been hurt in the ring so bad before, and I continued the match, and this was at an independent show, man, because uh, I guess my point in saying this is now they do this referee does the X thing, and you know, they just right. fucking stop. Back then, man, you, but, uh-uh. <laughs> you better do something. No get pinned, do something. And so the finish was that the guy is going to have me in a figure four, and I'm not submitting, I'm not submitting. The manager comes in and breaks a shoot tool stick across my legs. Okay, so oh God. right before this, right before this, though, I go to powerbomb the guy, and the mat is really loose. I'm going to do a sit-out powerbomb with him. Well, he don't take it right. Instead of rolling up as I lift him, he kicks his feet up like a pile driver, then tries to do like a sit-up. So it fucking threw me off. And then when I went to sit out, my right leg got caught. My foot got caught in the loose mat. So when we came down, I came down in like a hurdler position, and the guy's body landed on the leg that was stuck behind me. So I, it damn near broke my ankle. So yeah. then you think about the finish. I just did that to my leg, and I got to get put in a figure four and let the motherfucker break a pool stick over the leg that is just fucked up real bad. Oh, my God. <laughs> so that night, and I mean, this is in Chicago, and uh, I, I had to, you know, all night I couldn't walk. I wasn't going to the hospital. I didn't have insurance and that old shit. Um, yeah. And I got to get to the airport the next morning and get back home to get to the to get to the doctor, get to the walk-in clinic type thing. Uh, you know, I, I get to the airport. And I remember when we landed in Nashville, 
I literally had to like hold on to the wall. And 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 the funny here's the biggest rib is I swear to God the plane was at the furthest terminal from the fucking baggage claim. And so I'm holding on to the wall just limping and, and everything. I get to the doctor that I guess it was that day or either the next day. I mean my leg was purple from my ankle to my knee. And uh and I, I I got to the doctor and he, he walked in there. It was one of those walk-in clinics and he looked at my foot and he went, dang. So when the doctor goes, <laughs> dang, yeah, that's not a real good sign. No, and, no, no. Uh, he said, yeah, he said, man, you, we did the exchange. He said, you didn't break it. He said, but it, it, you'd have been way better off if you had. And oh, so it was just all, all kinds of ligament damage in my ankle and shit. And to this day, I mean, that ankle still bothers me a lot, but yeah, back to that. So uh, it messed up. But I was just, I, the old school guy in me finished the fucking match no matter what, you know? Yeah, yeah, of course. That reminds me of, you know, we've all heard the story that Triple H finished as a match, two blown quads and stuff. I mean, you guys yeah. work. It's not ballet, right? It's not ballet. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's amazing. Let's take a quick time out and get a word from one of my dope-ass sponsors, and we'll be right back with more Live and in Color with Wolfie D. Support for Live and in Color with Wolfie D is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently launched the Ultimate Men's Hygiene Bundle, the Performance Package. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code WOLFIE at manscaped.com. If my math's correct, that's about 8 million balls. Support for Live and in Color with Wolfie D is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently launched the Ultimate Men's Hygiene Bundle, the Performance Package. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code WOLFIE at manscaped.com. If my math's correct, that's about 8 million balls. Okay, so the next question is at Tim2Cool on Twitter. Here's an interesting question, and I lumped in another question with it, but but I want to. So your favorite size ring? So you you know the WWE has the twenty by twenty. I think the WCW has the yeah. eighteen by eighteen. A lot of studio rings were smaller because of the studio. What was your yeah. what size was the USWA studio ring? What was their main ring? Uh, they had a. They changed a couple of times, I believe. I'm pretty sure they were all eighteens. But I, I, those bigger rings, those 20s, it just seems unnecessary to me. You don't need that much space, really. I know why they right. did it, um, because the guys were so big. Um, sure. And, and they were they were reinforced. The, the rings were really hard. The first time we went up and worked the smoking guns and, and those those two guys, they let us you know get a win over. Those rings were reinforced because, you know, they had Yoko. They had all these huge guys, Mabel, that were, you know, legitimately breaking the rings. 
and so they were hard as shit, man. And I, I do remember that part of it. Um, yeah. But yeah, just the, I see why they did it. But to me, I prefer the you know the WCW uh, Smoky Mountain style ring. Yeah, that makes sense. What about ropes? Do those matter to you? I mean, the WWE uses the regular rope with painter, but then also the WCW. Uh, I mean, as long as they're as long as they're uh, you know good and tight, it really doesn't matter. Sure. Um, sure. I mean, fuck <laughs> back in Memphis, some of those Buddy Wayne shows. God, his rings, holy fuck, man! I mean, <laughs> legitimately had. Had fucking garden hoses around the the, the cables. <laughs> They'd just be taped up a little bit, and the the fucking turnbuckles would be taped up. And then, and instead of buying turnbuckle pads, you just tape them up, and then there'd be wires from the cables that were frayed. And so you may go back into the turnbuckles and shit, and get your back all cut up from the from the cables that were hanging out of it and shit. Oh, man. So, really, the backyard ring that my cousin and I, my brother and my cousin and I built, is not much different than the Buddy Wayne ring, is what you're saying. <laughs> uh, I remember we cut up the garden hose, and, dude, we got our butts beat, man. I mean, whoo. <laughs> yeah, that was rough. We were idiots. So, what about the TNA six-sided ring? Did you? What, what's your thoughts on that? I never or No, I, I have worked in one. I haven't worked in theirs, which is they... They didn't have that when they were when I was with them. They got that later on. Uh, I worked in the one in Evansville. I don't know. It seems awkward. I mean, I, I get it, trying to do something innovative or whatever, but I don't know. Right. <laughs> no. I don't really have an opinion on it. I'd prefer a square ring. If that's, if yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what I meant. So, yeah, perfect. Okay, cool. All right, so this one is our podcast buddy here, Flynn Hendricks, on the I Know You Hear Me pod. So he asked his first question was, how do you fight burnout and frustration after such a long career? So I know you're retired, you know, heavyweight champion of auto sales. So right when you were when you were getting near there, like let's say you were putting the Cerebus gimmick together, at that point, how would you how would you do in that fighting burnout frustration? Well, see that though, doing that rejuvenated me. Coming up with so that, having something new to do, rejuvenated me. Um, yeah, the burnout came, man. Through let's see, probably about the time we got let go in WWE. And yeah. then after after ECW, there was a period there where uh, I, I was mentally struggling. Um, and then, yeah. quite honestly, and I mean, this is no secret, uh, struggled with drugs and alcohol a lot of my career, uh, mostly alcohol. I mean, I haven't I'll put, set the record straight on that. I haven't touched drugs in years, but, um, yeah. you know, alcohol right. has been an issue in my life, uh, you know, for a while. Um, but that honestly was kind of the way I dealt with it. I dealt with yeah. the road that way sometimes too, because man, USWA days, you know, two thousand miles a week, you know, that, that shit gets old, <laughs> and not necessarily. I mean, once you get to the building, it's cool, but just being on the road all that time, it's like that's what everybody did—just fucking drink and shit, man. You know, to kind of yeah. kill time and make time pass faster. But yeah. Like I said, it's, it, there was times there, but the big struggle for me, man, was, and, and I'm sure a lot of the guys have dealt with this, when you when you get to a certain level, you've climbed your way up, that fall back down can be a motherfucker. When you're, right. when you're on shows 
with guys that are not even a quarter uh, talented as you are. Um, right. You're sitting in the dressing room looking around going, what the fuck happened? You know what I'm yeah. saying? So that right. can be that can be really uh, distressing and frustrating. Uh, so, like I said, coming up with Slash after that period, okay, so around 2000, coming up with Slash, going to OVW and, and getting uh, shots in WWE again with Slash and taking that to TNA, that all rejuvenated me. I was ready to go again. Then in right. 2004, when my run with TNA ended, I got out of the business again for a while. And yeah. that was kind of hard to do, you know. Um, and, and then, you know, I think 2008, I decided I was going to get it back in again and give it a good run. And, you know, things were good again. So I, I, for me, I'll be honest with you, I'm not really good at dealing with that. <laughs> yeah, so I guess that's yeah. my answer. <laughs> well, no, and I mean, what it sounds like to me is I know you're a creative guy. It sounds like whenever somebody allows you to be creative, that's when oh, Wolfie's yeah. at his best. That's when you're yeah. at your peak, you're peaking. And sometimes yeah, maybe yeah. when you're not allowed to be created and you're stifled, you kind of yeah. go to your demons a little bit. I mean, hey. Yeah, that's a very accurate, very accurate assumption. Very accurate. Yeah. I mean, hey, I think that, to, to be honest with anybody, you know, anybody that has something that they fight, you know, if they're allowed to just sit and think about it, they're going to fight it, you know? Yeah. Some of the most creative people in the world have uh, mental health and addiction issues. And, 100%. I mean, you, you look at all the uh, musicians, uh, and just say artists in general, entertainers, artists, things like that, people that are just super creative struggle with some of that shit, and for different reasons, yeah. but... You know, yeah. If you listen to the Flynn Hendricks episode, you'll hear a lot about my demons. So, you know, there you go. We're in the judgment-free zone, as always. <laughs> so, number two, his question is, now, I kind of know this answer again, knowing you, but I, I want to hear. So, what excites you the most about the business at this point? How it keeps evolving, question mark, to new talent, question mark, something else. So what I think he's saying there, that'll make it to where I think you'll want to answer it a little more than just saying, not one thing. <laughs> <laughs> if you think about, is there a beacon of hope or a glimmer of hope that you see in the industry right now? Maybe that's a good way to ask that. Well, here's the thing. Um, you know, my girlfriend has a 13-year-old son, and I live right. in the house, you know, all live together. Yeah. He doesn't see a problem with any – not that I, you know, tell him, oh, this sucks or anything like that, but I see him watch it, and he doesn't know any different. You know, sure. he he loves wrestling. And it, just because what I grew up on doesn't exist anymore and probably never will again doesn't right. mean, again, that what's going on right now – isn't good. You have, uh, you know, it's kind of like me and Al were talking. You have a bunch of people that just because they have access to the knowledge think they know everything, and then they're also they're also basing it on because it's adults usually that are, you know, uh, internet bashing whatever they saw the night before. Um, they're they're also have it. They have an opinion based on what they grew up on, what their Santa Claus was. That's kind of like wrestling is. It, People grow up on wrestling, and and they right. the kids not necessarily now, but more the kids believe it more obviously than, than the adults. But the adults that you know don't believe it now. That's not to say when they were kids they didn't. You know, right? It, so it's right. the Santa Claus thing. 
You don't believe right. in Santa Claus later, but yeah. Yeah. does that make sense? Totally. Totally does. So basically what I take from that is you're getting to see through a child's eyes his enjoyment of the product. So you're seeing yeah. there's a glimmer of hope there, but it's yeah. not necessarily going to be something that you care to see. I get it. No, that right. makes sense. And, and, and yeah. another thing that I think about is, you know, the video games, okay? And the, uh, you know, just not even wrestling games so much. I mean, yes, the wrestling games, but just the fighting games, the Mortal Kombat, the this, that, the, they see that and then they see it on TV because that's, that's what wrestling kind of is now is it's more of, you know, we talk about the faster pace and the bigger bumps and all that kind of shit. It's just, like you said, it's the evolution of it. Whether I am a fan of that new evolution is neither here nor there. I just base my stuff on, you know, there still is a theory and a, and a formula, like I always say, that works that I think needs to be stuck to. And, and you can go overboard with some of this shit. But again, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a kid watching it. And, uh, you know, they, they obviously base their stuff. They, you know, they call it the PG, whatever wrestling, uh, you know, WWE calls it PG, whatever. Right. And so that's, they're, that's cause they're targeting kids. They had fucking, right. you know, they're on Scooby-Doo and shit, you know? Right. Exactly. So, and even, even back when we were kids, Saturday morning had Hulk Hogan's rock and wrestling, you know? Yeah. I love that. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love that. And it's horrible. If you even try to watch it now, it's like, Oh my gosh, this is rough. But, uh, yeah. I don't know why I'm watching cartoons, Wolfie, but you know how it is. Okay. So, <laughs> all right. So this one is from my cousin, Charlie. Now, Charlie is a host of Give Me Back My Action podcast and Give Me Back My Horror podcast. You and I are going to be helping out with the Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling podcast in the future. Anyway, long story short, Charlie is the host of that. He's also my cousin, so it's nepotism, but he wanted uh, to ask this question here. So, mm -hmm. ever wrestle someone? Now, I'm going to say eliminate the Ox Harley and Madman part. Yeah. So, ever wrestle someone you were pissed off with? And in a shoot, and did it ever break down badly? Like didn't pull punches, like that kind of thing. Now I know potatoes happen. You know, there's been a few times where, uh, and because he's my friend, and he's probably not listening, but um, back way back when um, there was a kid, I was a kid, and uh, they kind of gassed him up. You know, we both had amateur wrestled. And uh, they kind of gassed him up there when I first started at USWA to to shoot on me, like you know, try to take me down and and uh, amateur wrestle shoot on me, not necessarily punch me or anything, but to to shoot on me because this right. was back again, separate dressing rooms, blah blah blah. And uh, he uh, he tried and he couldn't get me. <laughs> he kept trying, he couldn't get me. So I, Jamie was at ringside. And I took him, and as he was trying to shoot on me for, I don't know, the third time, uh, I, you know, sprawled on him and hooked his arm, got him over like two, we were towards the ropes, and I just kind of pushed him through the first and second rope to the floor. So he obviously was frustrated and got up, went up, and see, we were the heels, and he was the baby face, where he grabs a chair and hums it at me. Yeah, and I I was able to get my hands up. I kind of slapped it down. Well, then I charge at him. We end up on the bleachers, and I think 
<laughs> Jamie came in from behind with the hubcap and like didn't use it flat, used the edges of it. And oh like man, pounding them in the yeah. back, like in the ribs and stuff. And, oh yeah. Uh, so that that was about the end of that, and then we finished the match uh, as a work. But and, and yeah. there's been there's been times obviously when you know people people fuck up spots or something and i'll whack the shit out of them and cuss them or something and, and then go right. back to working but um and then there's there's the fan shit you know i've had fans jump in more than once and and i'll uh, never do that yeah <laughs> i uh i there's the mississippi riot we could talk about that one day that's a kind of a long one uh I've had, i was in the louisville gardens one time well the first time it ever happened and it's another long one but and i don't want to i don't want to kind of spoil future episodes so we can talk about stuff sure. like this on another one but uh fans man they they can be motherfuckers <laughs> and yeah don't yeah. don't jump in there don't touch it and nowadays the guys won't fight back because they're afraid to get in trouble but Right. We, we always, if you if you come in that ring, you're game. <laughs> right. And right. I had a guy pour beer. I took a bump at the gardens on my like on my butt up against the railing, and this guy stood up and he poured his beer on top of my head. Well, the cops in Louisville that did security were were cool, and they were cool with the boys. And as soon as I stood up, I, you know, I'm still kind of like it dumps on me. I don't want to come out of character too quick. So I'm sure. still kind of selling, but I jump up and I turn around and there's two cops got that dude's arms spread like a, like, like a crucifixion, like one on each side. And I turn around and I punch that son of a bitch right in the face. And oh, <laughs> they, they, you know, nobody cared. The cops didn't care. And they just toted him out of there. So that's just kind of the way it used to go. Yeah. Yeah, I think anybody, that's like jumping into a lion's den, you know? That's just ignorant. I'm sorry. You can tell that they don't want to interact with the fans, but honestly, there's still some of those old guys. Like, I know Jericho would beat the fire out of you, you know? There's guys you don't want to get in the ring to even yeah. ask. I mean, I don't understand that, by the way. First of all, I'm going to rant for a second. Second off, <laughs> you get your little liquid courage, yeah. And you know for a fact that even though these guys are entertaining you, you know yeah. those moves, if they apply them in a non-entertaining fashion, could mm -hmm. put you in the hospital. What part <laughs> of that do you want? I mean, it's, yeah. it's like a suicide thing almost. Well, I, I don't I'll tell you get what it. it was for me and Jamie, because we were, we were smaller, we okay. were obnoxious, and some sure. of those rednecks really thought they could whoop us. That's okay. exactly what that was. <laughs> okay, gotcha. That so, makes sense. Yeah, they they yeah they thought they could get you. Plus, yeah, Jamie okay. would insult people so uh, brutally. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> like you know, he'd insult uh, dudes, old ladies, and stuff, and they felt they had to defend their, their old lady's <laughs> honor. He would, he oh would kill man, them. he would kill them on the mic. And Jamie was so quick on the mic too that he could pretty oh, yeah. much. You know, so, okay, cool. Well, that's that's that one, Charlie. I hope you enjoyed that one. So, Nate from Facebook, he says a song or maybe a playlist of songs that you would listen to to get fired up before a match. You know, is there some songs in your well, mind that you... That's that's something I never did. Um, some guys listen yeah. to headphones and things like that. I never did that. Um, I, was, I was mainly chill, you know, trying to just... <sighs> 
think about what things I that, either needed to do or, hey, um, just thinking about some things I would do during maybe that I hadn't talked about, you know, just thinking things like that. And, you right. know, maybe when it's when it's getting time to go, then it's, you know, some push-ups and, you know, a little, sure. little jogging around or something like that, but never um, never music for me. Now, like, I, in the gym, I have to have it. I have to have yeah. some metal and stuff like that, but not, yeah. not for wrestling. Anybody come to mind in the gym that you listen to? Any, a couple? Oh, man, it has to be. I've got a lot of Metallica and just, just heavy stuff, man. Just something to get the okay. testosterone pumping. Yeah, yeah. Zombie, something to get you. Just all right. kinds of shit like that. So something heavy, but something with a groove, something that can yeah. move. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, that's it, folks. So that is our end of the episode. It's Ask Wolfie D Anything Part 2. Coming up next, we have the one, the famous, the only current affairs. DJ, <laughs> hit that music. It's a current affair. It's a current affair. All right, we're back with Current Affairs on the Live and in Color with Wolfie D podcast. So these, to me, are always the fun part for me. Mm-hmm. You know, know, when we talk to the guest <laughs> on the show, this is kind of my section because the way that I've always treated our guest segment is basically like a trip to Memphis or a trip to Louisville, and we're all sitting in a car. So right. these are my time to shine. And so tonight, <laughs> I've got some fun ones. We're going to see see what you think here. So our number one current affair is Tina in an old clip said on a recent dark side of the ring, he said in a, in a clip when he was on the Howard Stern show that the reason Canyon, Chris Canyon, wasn't working in the WWE at that time because he wasn't good. Then Flair called in and backed up Cena and it, it thought, you know, all this kind of thing. Now, that being said, what are your thoughts on Canyon? Did you ever meet him? Did you know him? Even if you yeah. just saw him wrestle, what, what were nah, your man, thoughts on he, he came through Memphis for a minute. They just, they just didn't they didn't use him real good. I don't really know what yeah. the deal was there. I mean, I apologized him through a table one night. We needed somebody to run in and take a yeah. bump for that, and I put him through a table. Uh, but, yes, I, I know what you're talking about. I've seen that on social media. And for him to say that is ludicrous. Um I mean, the guy was right. good. Um, there may be a couple of things, you know, and and probably that's why they put, like, the mortis gimmick on him and things like that because, you know, and I'll be straight with you. I heard Cornette talk about this. Uh, or it was, it was some, I think it might have been Cornette, but talking about the, you know, he had kind of that lisp or whatever and that real Yankee accent. So right. his, his talking was a bit awkward uh, in that regard. So that could have been one thing, uh, but to say that he wasn't good enough, honestly, Canyon was probably better than Cena, um, right? As far right. as technically and everything, Cena and, and 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 man, it all like I said, it all depends on your push and how much they want to help you, because sure. they can, they can sure. they can produce, they can make. I'm not gonna say anybody, but they can damn near make anybody look good and and push them right. and help them. And, and, and get them to where they need to be. So there was something there uh, that, that bothered them about him. And uh, the other thing that was said that I heard was that they kind of would 
send people out because he talked back against the company that they would, you know, tell these guys, Hey, you know, bury him. So it's whatever, man. I mean, (laughs) you know, and, and I can't hold it personally against the guy because they put my gimmick on him, but you know, right. he's not really my favorite. I don't, you know, as a person, I don't know him, but, uh, he's obviously right. succeeded with my fucking gimmick, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling but you, I, I expect him to come back with Jim Mitchell with a Jim Mitchell rip off and work the slash gimmick any day now, honestly. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, if he does that, we'll know, and we'll sue, by God. We'll sue. Don't worry about that. So, Okay, so that pretty much answers that about Canyon, and rest in peace to him. Our second question is, now, I've asked you about this before off the air, but, but I really want to kind of address it here. WWE has brought up the fact that they are talking about this more, and I guess maybe they're bringing tag teams back more, so they have to, but there is an unspoken official tag team rule where there is only one pin breakup attempt during a match. If you do it a second time, it is considered a disqualification. Now, I think, have you ever heard that? You're a tag team specialist. Have you ever heard that? Never. Um, (laughs) I think you can probably overuse it. I agree with that, but I've never seen it where they kind of made it a rule per se. But, I mean... WWE's never, to me, especially in in more recent years, been a tag team, uh, you know, league, federation. It's more of a singles thing. And with their tag teams, and and yes, I know there's the British Bulldogs and there's the, you know, but there's never, it's usually one guy and one guy that get together, separate gimmicks, and become a tag team. They've never yeah. really been big on the the matching outfit type tag team. So right, right. it's just not to me. They've never been a tag team thing. So I, I I don't know really what to say about that. I mean, I guess it's I guess it's different. I guess it's a thought. I mean, I'm sure there's something yeah. went into that um, because well, it can be overused. I agree with that. Sure. So maybe that's the point behind it. Yeah. Well, the question I can see it being about is is Maybe they're using it as a way to shorten matches because, you know, like the other night you were talking to me about the Carmella and I think what was her name? I, it's not Mandy Rose. Anyway, it was her, her, the other girl she was working with. There was no finish whatsoever. She came out yeah, they just worked, yeah. and they went straight to the draft and it was like they did something and it was over and no referee or anything. So maybe the yeah. WWE is just using that as an alternative finish or something, but... Yeah, uh, I don't know. know. Yeah, that was garbage. That finish though to disqualify somebody on a pin breakup. I mean, I know, uh, I know. That's be a big fart, <laughs> you know, in the right. ring. But whatever. That was a big fart the other night when you know they right. brought them out. They started wrestling for a second, and then all of a sudden they broke away, and they never went back. Yeah. Like, if I recall, yeah, yeah they, never went back. Never even. Yeah, I've never seen that ever. Ever on wrestling. Yeah, ever. yeah. So. It was just nothing. Nothing happened. It, she did a move, yeah. and it was it. So, point being, if they do that, it's kind of stupid. So, okay, the third and final current affair. Give me your opinion on the whole Braun Breaker Steiner son. What the heck, man? Why are they not just calling the kid Steiner? Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, that is kind of a dumb sounding name. I mean, if they didn't want to call him, you know, Steiner, at least give him something else. 
but at the same time, because I, I thought about this, because uh, like I said, you know I see stuff on social media. And I, kind of, I was interested to see how he worked. Sure. He's not bad. I mean, he's got he's got some work to do, um, but he's got the you know the, the genes to do it. And yeah. uh, I'd say nine times out of ten, he will evolve. Obviously, especially with the look, they'll give him something else eventually. Uh, he won't yeah. wear the singlet, you know, like the Steiner Brothers, because uh, that's what he looked. I mean, he just looked like the Steiner Brothers back in the, you know. He did. Uh, he does. Yeah. But I mean, he's got some work to do. But yeah, that that name uh, it, it doesn't even match the way he looks. <laughs> I just I don't know. Braun Breaker sounds right. like a move almost. Right. <laughs> he's gonna do the right. Braun Breaker. So exactly. I don't know. Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And his last name isn't Steiner. It's Rex Steiner. So right. you can own Braun Steiner. You can own that for them. Yeah. You know, but yeah. it's almost like they don't want to put Steiner on it because they have heat with Rick and Scott. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. You know, but um, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> they do again. Weird stuff. <laughs> I, yeah, if we could understand all the things they're doing, we could probably. And you know, I, I, I could probably give a better answer if I still kept in contact with certain people and, and watched it all sure. the time and stuff, but I don't, but that's just, like I said, I saw it on social media. I looked him up. I wanted to see the match and to see what they were talking about. And, you know, and, uh, I feel like yeah. he's, he's rough around the edges, uh, but he'll, he'll be all right. And like I said, yeah, his look will change and maybe even in his name. Exactly. Well, you know, I, I think that answer's pretty much best. So that wraps up our most recent current affairs. You know, ladies and gentlemen, thank you all so much for listening one more time. Do you have anything else to finish up with, Wolfie? No, man. I just want to say, again, as usual, thank you to everybody that's listening. The, the listeners are, are coming up. We're very happy to hear that. Uh, very flattered to hear that. Uh, you guys are obviously talking because there's more and more people listening every week. Um, and like I said, it's flattering to know that uh, I can tell you a story or have a guest and we can do some talking and, and interest you, you know, for about an hour. Uh, yeah. Thank you for your time. I really do. Yeah. And don't forget about the Al Snow episode that dropped about a month ago. Don't forget about the Trevor Murdoch. That one is awesome. But Wolfie D and Al Snow are literally the professors of the wrestling business college <laughs> and all the two, you know, listen to episode 12. Episode 12 is the tuition is free. All you have to do is download it and you will learn <laughs> something in that episode. It's two guys that know exactly what they're talking about and are experts in this matter. So don't forget the Al Snow episode. It's awesome. You know, also had Madman Pondo. Thank you for listening to that. We've had Elo Brown. We've had Kevin Thorne. We've had Savio Vega. The hits keep coming. And we've got a list of commits that are equal to or similar to those that have already, you know, you've already listened to. So just keep, yeah. keep coming back, folks. We'll keep you entertained, I promise. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Wolfie. Thank you, buddy. Have a good one, okay? All right. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Jimmy. And now a word from our sponsor. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling. 
the podcast that's based on the old school, but can still help you find the good stuff from today. Jimmy Street and the Plastic Chic Jared are the undisputed tag team champions of the wrestling podcast world. From thought-provoking topics to superstar interviews to action figure expertise, this team does it all. And all they ask is, give me back my pro wrestling! Every other Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Join me, Gene Jackson, for the Jackson Interaction Podcast, where I'll be doing one-on-one interviews with people from the world of professional wrestling, as well as stand-up comedy. You can get them anywhere podcasts are available in both video and audio form, but you can find them all at GeneJacksonPod.com. That's right, it's the talk of Middle Tennessee, the channel you love to hate and the channel you hate to love. It's Brian Turner from Brian Turner's VHS Rehab. And if you're looking for matches from Wolfie D to Jerry Lawler to Dusty Rhodes and the team that put a pimp before your eyes and a goatee between your thighs, Booty Call and Athena, go to LostWrestling.com. See, I made it easy for you. Brian Turner's VHS Rehab. Booyah! Hey everyone, this is Shane from Insane Shane's World. I release wrestling figures of enhancement talent, mid-card wrestlers, and wrestlers that you never thought would have a figure available. So if you are interested in adding a really cool and rare figure to your collection, then don't hesitate to contact me at shamtheman73 at gmail.com. That's S-H-A-M-the-man73 at gmail.com. You can also join my Facebook group. Just search Insane Shane's World. you're a fan of rock music i'd really appreciate it if you took a moment to check out my podcast it's called the decibel geek podcast we've been doing it for about 10 years now we talk about kiss we talk about ozzy we talk about motley Crue and guns and roses and metallica we talk about all the legends from the 60s and on up to brand new bands that you should be hearing about today that you're not going to hear on the radio it's Decibel Geek. Wherever you find your podcasts, you'll find us there. If you love rock and roll, I can almost guarantee you're going to love my show. So that was another great episode. Hey, Wolfie, tell them where they can find you on social media. Jimmy, they can find me in the club, bottle full of bub. I'm just kidding. Uh, they can find me on Facebook. Uh, my personal page is Warren Wolf, W-O-L-F-E. I'm on Instagram, at WarrenWolf13. You can always find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, at LiveWolfieD. Here's the thing. Wolfie always has offers for his autographed photos. He has a selection of some awesome photos from throughout his career that he will autograph and personalize any way that you want him to. Just contact him either directly at his personal Facebook page or through any one of our other pages, and we'll make sure you get in contact directly with Wolfie. Get those photos, right, Wolfie? Yeah, I've got some good stuff on there, you know, to help with the podcast. Folks, if you can't get out to a show to meet Wolfie D, there's nothing like that, especially for the fans of PG-13 and Wolfie D. And before we go, you can always find me, your host, Jimmy Street, at James Rock Street on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And hey, Jimmy, before we 
go real quick, I just want to add in there, uh, from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate, first of all, the work you've done for this podcast. You have worked your butt off. Secondly, the people that are liking the page. Beyond that, even more, is the people that are listening, and we really appreciate that. Yeah, and remember, guys, the podcast drops a new episode every Monday at noon, and our past episodes are streaming now on demand on all major podcast formats. Thanks again. I got a cat for you, don't. He got a cat. And here we go. The original white boy that came outside and not bragging, don't be hating, cause I'm spitting the truth. Still lobbing in color. Don't rush your mother, utilize a hubcap. I like any other. Back in the day, I was NOD and I was P to the G plus the one and the three. In case you forgot, they call me Wolfie D. Been cloned and copied so many times. Title suckers taking credit for what is mine. You know who you are without me name dropping wrestling's first white boy coming out hip hop. Been doing it like this since 92. Played low for a while and you thought I was through. Listen real close to these rhymes that I've injected. This shit's so sick, it makes your ears get infected. Mad skills, no faking, there is no one great. Cause I'm bringing more folks and over one for later. Not here to play games, so you better be right. You don't like me, so what? I really don't care. All the time I keep ticking and I can't be stopped. You suck a step to the side unless you wanna get dropped. When I'm finished, I'll straight knock you out. Please allow me to tell you what it's all about. Gonna wind it up. Driving it home, it's Ruby D, baby. Huh? I got a cap for your dome. I got a cap for your dome. We got a cap for your dome. We got a cap for your dome. This has been a James Rock Street production.